girl crush alert which which is the lamest which is the lamest opener i've ever done for a podcast but i just spent the last 40 minutes fangirling so hard over today's guest robin arzon is my digital best friend and that's okay even if she doesn't really know who i am it's fine robin is the vice president of fitness programming for peloton but even more exciting than that she is my favorite peloton instructor i am literally obsessed with her i take a class with her every morning and when i say take a class i mean i watch her on my phone while i run on my treadmill i cannot express to you how much she fires me up and i begged her to please come on the podcast and give some of that energy to you guys if you need to get your hearts lit if you need a pump up today woo girl listen to this I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. All right, I'm basically, I'm basically dying. Like I have spent the last so many mornings with you. And yet this is the first time that I'm getting to talk to you on the phone my like legitimately my girl crush is is beyond reach at this point. I have thoroughly stalked your Instagram. I was on your website last night. It's a problem. <laughs> um, but for people who might not already be familiar with you, will you tell our listeners who you are and a bit of your story and how you got to be where you are today? Sure. My name is Robin Arzan. I'm known on social media as Robin NYC. I am a reformed lawyer turned athlete, ultra marathoner, vice president of fitness programming and head instructor at Peloton. So my life is um, involving a lot of movement, but I didn't run my first mile until I was in law school. So my transformation journey started with a pair of running shoes. And now I live my life to get people moving. Absolutely. I So how I first discovered Robin, I had heard about him Peloton forever. And our audience hears us talk about it all the time. This is not an ad, I swear. I genuinely, we were in Hawaii on vacation, went down to the hotel gym and they had Peloton bikes. And I'd always wanted to try those. And I actually chose your class based on music. Cool. So yeah, so it has this thing where you can, you know, if you want hip hop, if you want pop, and I wanted pop. And you started off and I was like, this girl is my jam. Like the way <laughs> that you. how and, and I have to like honor the entire company truly, because how you all have managed to make it feel like you are actually in a classroom with your instructor. It, like you so if you've never taken a class with Robin, something you do that just like, you're always like, Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It feels like she is talking directly to you. So can you tell us a bit about like how how did you become this coach that you are today? Because I'm assuming that these are techniques that you've learned over time. For sure. I mean, a lot of it is just you learn by doing and then you fail and then you 
wake up the next day and keep doing it. But, um, you know, the performative aspect of and sort of presenting in front of people, definitely my law career assisted in that endeavor. But you don't, you know, Peloton is so innovative that even someone who is very seasoned in um, in presenting and performative arts really doesn't have any idea what they're doing in our platform because it really is part part coach, part fitness coach, part television show host. Um, mm-hmm. so we've got cameras, we've got people live in the studio audience working out with us, and of course, over a million members working out with us at home. So it's, um, it, it honestly, I just learned by doing. And thankfully, I have, um, I, I love that, that kind of the energy and the rush, and I'm sure you can relate, of like presenting mm-hmm. and being around a group of people who are kind of ready to do something, make a change, have a conversation, move. And, um, you know, that definitely keeps me going on the bike and on the tread. So before you came to Peloton, were you in another, like, were you in the fitness industry already? Or was this your first entrance sort of after running, you came into this space? So when I left law, running was definitely my first love. I started teaching cycling classes, honestly, as like a hobby. I was just like, you know what? I love this. I love doing it for my own fitness. So I just wanted to learn the bells and whistles on the science behind it. And let me tell you, Rachel, I, you know, I just, I just recently um, listened to your podcast on failure. And I resonated, it resonated with me so much because when I was starting to learn how to teach spin, like I couldn't order songs. I couldn't hear the beat. I couldn't speak <laughs> while cycling. I could, I mean, and this was at a tiny local studio in Union Square in New York City where I kind of got my, got my feet wet. And thankfully, I mean, there were classes where literally one person would show up and I would just be like, you know what, it, we're going to do this. And thank, I am so grateful for that experience, not only for the, for the team who really helped form, you know, my, my, the basis of my teaching, but even more so all the times I failed in that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Are you, when you were like, like go back to sort of lawyer days, were you the personality, the bold, the like, were you the woman that we see on screen today? Or is that something that evolved as you kind of stepped into your own power and stepped away from that space? You know, the core of the core of who I am was definitely always kind of there. I'm I'm grateful that my parents really nurtured that backbone in me always. But I like to think of um, if we view ourselves as superheroes, you know, we're always picking up more tools for our superhero toolkit. And so now movement is definitely one of my primary tools. But um, as a lawyer, I was definitely scrappy and hungry and hardworking. Um, Yeah. And I always... I needed to always, so something that appealed to me about um, the wellness community was the ability to show up and do things unapologetically mm-hmm. and um, that confidence that you get from a solid workout or a solid run to then go into the other areas of, areas of your life and be like, I am this thing. So yeah. as I fell in love with running and I fell in love with, with fitness, it made me even more confident when I could go into a partner's law office and be like, I have this idea, you know? So yes. they, they really go hand in hand. And now as a business person, all of that law stuff informs what I do every single day, you know, viewing fitness as a, as a, as a business. So uh, I want to talk about a couple of things I've heard you say in classes recently, and then you're going to realize my level of obsession with you. Uh, (laughs) But because I think it's so valuable to the women who are listening. One of the things that you talk, so I've never taken a class live, I just go into the app, 
um, I don't have a bike yet. I'm on that. <laughs> uh, but one thing I started doing was I got the app, I put it on my treadmill out in our garage, and I'm doing it, I'm running along with you. And so one of the things I heard you, you were talking about in a recent class was you were just like, how many and I'm going to I'm not going to quote you perfectly, but um, how many of us were told like we were too loud, we were too extra, we were too this, we were too and that there's something about this movement, this physical movement, exactly like you said, that doing those things makes you feel more powerful. And then you're able to take that out into the rest of the world. What was that journey like for you? Oh, man, I mean, I just feel like the analogy I use is when, when you see someone, you, you know, you might see someone walking down the street and they are so confident and they might, they might be wearing an outfit that is very unconventional. And you're like, wow, like she's rocking that, but I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And what I submit into the universe is why not me? Like, that's what I would love your listeners to take away. It's like, why not you to start that business, take that cooking class, leave the bad relationship? Like, why not mm-hmm. you? And that, um, for me, it was like little by little, I started to chip away at the limiting beliefs and the paralyzing, mm-hmm. the, the, the way fear is so paralyzing. And mm-hmm. I started to just, I feel like you have to invite discomfort in as if it's a friend. And I look at discomfort and pride as cousins and they're all invited to my holiday table and they're all, invited, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and, and you know, you're not, you're not going to exclude any, any family. So it's like discomfort mm-hmm. is here. And then with that, we'll also invite pride. Um, so will you, yeah. will you unpack that for listeners? So yeah. how is being uncomfortable? How is pushing yourself into those uncomfortable situations and pride related? Oh my God. I mean, I think it's, it's a platform, right? It's a stepping stone. So uh, my friend Rich Roll uses, um, says we have to build the house. So I think every time you get uncomfortable, you're putting one more brick in that foundation. And if you're doing exactly what you already know you can do, how are you pushing the edges? How are you evolving? And I like when folks take an inventory of their skill set and they're honest about it. So it's like, where do you need to level up? Do you have to take a class? Do you need to phone a friend and figure out like, you know, let them see your blind spots, let them tell you your blind spots. I think once you get uncomfortable with that discomfort, you're more willing to kind of dive a little deeper into the thing, mm-hmm. either the tough conversations or, you know, all the things that kind of we avoid, whether it's your taxes or, you know, having a conversation with your partner. What's the, I'm, I'm going to misquote it and you've been saying it and it's so good. Um, it's if, if it, what's your, it's your saying for this year, if it doesn't elevate Ooh. your frequency or your bank account, the answer is no. Will you go into that? No is my favorite word. Yes. Um, and if it, yeah, my resolution for this year and I'm, and I'm inv- inviting everyone to be part of this self love club. Um, if m- my resolution is if it does not raise my vibration, my spirit, my energy, or raise my bank account balance. The answer is N-O, N-O. (laughs) And I think we talk about this a lot. It's this idea of knowing what is valuable to you. Not what is valuable to your sister or your friends or the other women, but what is valuable to you. And once you know that, it's so much easier to hold on to that no. Oh, for sure. And I think when when we hold on to the no, it protects our yeses. And I think so much, so many of us are trying to figure it out, right? It's like, yeah. when you you know, somebody could listen to every single one of your podcasts, read both of your books cover to cover, but you have to, instead of trying to figure it out, at some point, you just have to start acting it out. But in order mm-hmm. to act it out, you have to carve out enough space 
whether it's five minutes or an hour a day, enough space for your brain to go there. Right. So that's like the, that's the discomfort, that's the discomfort that, that I think feeds me every day. Cause I'm like, if I am always the smartest in the room, if I'm always the loudest in the conversation, if I'm always feeling good, am I really reaching? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to people who are listening, who are at their, they're not, they haven't even started their, their health journey. In fact, they're feeling unhealthy, unmotivated, tired. They're, you know, in that place where they haven't even taken their first step on this journey. What do you, what do you say to people who really know they need to make that change, but are struggling with where to even begin? Mm, I think it's twofold. So having, having an awareness that you want to make that change is actually a, a huge step. And I want to remind folks that whether you feel stuck or you feel like you're at the very beginning of the journey, that plateau, that feeling of stasis is just a launching pad. It's just an ability to rise up, right? Rise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say two practical things. You want to find the type of movement that you could learn to like. Notice I said learn to like, because that first workout, that 10th workout, even that thousandth workout, they're not necessarily going to feel good because you're working hard. So back to that mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, just because your friend is taking you to that dance class, maybe that's not your jam. Maybe it's, yep. maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's cycling. Maybe it's bar. There are so many ways to move. Um, you know, obviously my preferred modalities are cycling and running, but that doesn't have to be your jam. So start to be curious about ways that you might like to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, totally. That's the first step. Um, get curious about your own greatness, like an Indiana Jones explorer. Like, how can I be so dope? Uh, and the second is really telling folks about your goal and letting them support you, right? So whether it's calling your sister over to get that babysitter, whether it's telling your partner, you know what, I really need to take f- 15 minutes to walk around walk around the neighborhood after dinner. So sometimes carving out that time feels really selfish. And also it's even more daunting when you feel like it's new, you're uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you're impacting other people in your life. You don't want to be that person alone at the gym or alone at the class. So there are a lot of impediments. So I'd say like creating a letting folks uh, in your life know about this goal and B setting up yourself up for success. So don't sign up for the gym that's 30 miles away from your house if you can avoid it. Maybe it is a hat that you do in your living room. And celebrate the small victories. We get really overwhelmed when we're like, oh my gosh, it's X amount of pounds or I have to do this distance or this. Just start with 10 minutes because everybody has 10 minutes. Um, So I would say start small and celebrate the victories because it, it really is just little by little amounts to a lot. Uh, I want to talk about running because you and I have a shared passion in in both being runners. Mm-hmm. And she has a book, you guys, Shut Up and Run, Go Get It, <laughs> New York Times bestseller. Um, what are some of the life lessons? This is going to sound weird. If you're not a runner, you're like, what are you even talking about? But you're going to know what I'm saying. What are the life lessons that you've learned on a run? Ooh, okay. So I live my life like I am in a Rocky Balboa movie montage. I that and like maybe like 50% Rocky Balboa, 50% like on stage with Beyonce at her on her home. Yes. Home yes. Performance. Uh, 100%. Um so you know the, and my point is make the mental movie real. And this applies to literally everything in your life. So something I've learned as a, as an athlete and getting into the mental space of an athlete is starting to visualize that literal or figurative 
finish line. And sometimes that takes a little bit of a, a you know, it takes, it takes creativity because sometimes inserting yourself as the hero in, in your own movie is a little bit weird, but like you are. So mm-hmm. you might as well start to play with those images and, and dreams in ways that inspire you because um, we can really can be so vicious internally. So it's like, flip it on its head. What yep. if it were all going to work out? What would that look like? How would you feel? You know, um, so that as, as an athlete, as an ultramarathoner, visualizing the finish line has been critical. But then mm-hmm. I extrapolate that a little bit bigger and it's like, okay, what goes on my vision board? Okay, you know, and all the ways that you work with your, your subscribers to kind of write it down and make an action plan, like mm-hmm. for me, that mental acuity has been, um, has been my biggest gift as an athlete. Yeah. One of my favorite, this is not my quote, this is an oldie, but when it comes to runs, one of my favorite lessons is how you take the hill is how you do your life. So, right? Like if you're a runner, uh, if if you ever have the opportunity to run in a 5K or a 10K or a half or maybe a full, you will see the other runners around you, what happens to them when there's a hill in front of them. Mm -hmm. So you have those people who will immediately they, it, it, it didn't even matter how they were feeling energy wise. They turn a corner, there's a hill there. They immediately walk. Yeah. Then you have the people who will, you know, excuse my language, balls out, running up the hill, full steam ahead. They're doing the thing with their heart on fire. They actually get pumped up by the hill. And then you have people who the hill is my gosh, it's on the verge of breaking them. You can see that they're barely surviving, but by God, they're getting themselves up that hill without walking. And I just always think, man, how you take the hill is how you approach life. I really, right. Mm -hmm. So many people love the idea of maybe doing a race or I'm going to join, I'm going to try and do this thing, but are you're nervous? You're not, you don't think that you're going to be very good. Like, can you talk about how you trained when you first started running? What did that training look like for you? I started running in law school. I laced up to get through a really intense, um, traumatic experience that happened the year prior when I was just, just approaching my last year at NYU. Um, you know, I can go into detail. I don't know if you want me to, it's yeah. a little, if, if you, you will, we want to listen to all the things you want to share. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was out with friends and a man walked into a bar and he basically proceeded to take the entire bar hostage. And I, no. came, yeah, it was, I was held at gunpoint. Um, and this, it's kind of like when time slows down and you're just like, yeah. So, you know, it, I became a pseudo negotiator with the NYPD and thankfully everybody survived this experience. And this, this pivot point ended up being one of the strongest moments of my life. And so I could choose, am I going to be victor or victim? Yep. Absolutely. And we have little moments of this. I mean, I hope nobody has to experience this, but you know, we have little moments of these decision-making of this kind of decision-making every day. It's like, am I going to be captive to the circumstances or am I going to co-create my reality? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that led me to running. So I had to run out the trauma. So I, you know, I went to therapy, I prayed a lot and running Mm shoes ended up being my true, like, ability to become powerful. And I had no idea what that would do to my life. You know, so I started, I was in law school at the time. I lived about a mile and a half from campus. And one day I just looked at shoes in my closet and dusty in my closet. And I said, what if I just like jogged a class today? And I did. And then the next, (laughs) and then about a few weeks later, I was, um, 
I was at the bank and I saw a flyer for a 10K. A 10K is about 6.1 miles, but I had no idea. I just showed up at 7 a.m. at the steps of the, the art museum. <laughs> like, here we go. And I was crushed. I mean, it was such a tough race. And I vowed when I crossed that finish line, it would never be that tough again. So mm. I think for me, it was thankfully running is something that is pretty simple. Not that it's easy, but it's simple. And so I started to just unpack it, literally, little by little and mile by mile. Um, and I found, mm-hmm. wow, like, I just feel like I can take up space in this world in ways that I couldn't before. Um, and that's pretty significant. Yeah, I want I want listeners to to hear that for a minute. You talking about you ran out your trauma and I'm over here nodding my head. When I was drowning six, seven years ago, just drowning in anxiety, having anxiety attacks several times a week and numbing it with alcohol and food and just every awful choice that I could make. It was, I did the same thing, therapy and changing your diet and doing all, but what really made the biggest difference in my life was the same exact thing. Running to me, a long distance run is, uh, it's church, it's therapy, it's, you know, getting, I can work out more things, I can come up with more ideas, it is, it's sacred. And I think even if you're not in a place yet where you can, maybe you can't run, but man, walk it out. Like put on, put on some headphones, get outside. Cause I think that that is a massive, I mean, I love working out on the treadmill with you in the morning, but going on those runs outside, seeing the city, really getting away from screens and having that time to, to do that sort of self therapy is so powerful. So powerful. It's cathartic. And you, then it also gives you an ability. There aren't many things in life that allow us the, the space to actually hear our own thoughts. <laughs> Mm, yeah, so, you know, totally. whether it's social media or the car radio or your kids running around or your, part, you know, whatever it is, but your coworker, there's a lot of noise. And for me, my North Star has always been running aloud my in, my inner monologue to be my North Star rather than like mm-hmm. the next thing and the fragment and the next email. And, the, and I still get caught up in that, too. Of course, I'm human. But my anchor really is is movement. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to switch gears and talk about business because I think it's really easy to, if you are not already following Robin on Instagram, you need to go do that right now. Uh, but you really understand your brand. And I'm, I'm going to be on, and I, I hope this, I don't mean this disrespectfully, I promise. But yesterday as I was preparing to, to talk to you, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe the company does all of their instructors branding. And that's why like, maybe it's not that she knows herself so well. It's just that the company gives kind of this image to everybody. And so I went and took a deep dive in all of the, and it's not, it's you. (laughs) So, so congratulations and well done. Uh, But yeah, so, so talk to us a bit about how have you built up your brand as the personality you've built the social, like where did, you know, what we can see today, where did that come from? You know, it really all started as a scrapbook training for my first marathon. So I created a Tumblr called Shut Up and Run years ago when I was training for the New York City Marathon. I was, um, my mother has MS and I was raising money for the MS Society. And it was just, you know, I had just gotten over a breakup. You know, this is a whole like, <laughs> I am Robin, hear me roar, you know, yes. moment. and then I just like kept roaring. Yes. <laughs> like I thought it was a moment and it ended up being a lifestyle. So, um, yeah, so I started, honestly, it was very organic. I started with a Tumblr and then I, you know, jumped onto Instagram and I, 
people ask like, how do I grow my following? It's like double down, give the people who are paying attention something that is valuable. Thank you. Real to you. Yes. So it's not about like all this this artificial way, all these artificial ways of, of engagement. It's like, what is your North star? Talk about Mm -hmm. that. I guarantee there's a crew of people who are like, yes, I want to hear more. Yeah. I think so often people are obsessing over how do I get new followers? How do I get, it's like, dude, take care of the audience you already have. If you have 10 people who are following you, there's a reason they're following you. Pay attention to why they're here and how you can serve them. That That's one piece of it though. But I do feel like you've got a visual branding that is very distinct to you. Even your style, like if you've never seen Robin, she is on a bike, she is sweating and she's got like a gold necklace. There's lipstick popping, <laughs> the hair is working, the outfit is cute. Like that is not something, and if you're not familiar with, you know, boutique industry or, or cycling instructors, that's not something that's like, oh, that's a cycling industry. That feels to me as a long time, you know, soul cycle and flywheel and all, that feels very distinct to you. So uh, uh, talk about that, like the visual branding of how, are you just sort of, this is how you would work out at the gym or was that thoughtful? Like if I step into my power, if I show up as myself, it gives this audience permission to do the same. Well, it and that was the unintended effect, to be mm-hmm. honest, you know, that I needed to show up in my armor, in my warrior gear, which for me might be a four finger gold ring. It might be <laughs> earrings, it might be red lipstick, it might be a cat eye, you know, and for, and that's, I believe that's a visual conversation we're having with the world. And if that makes my spine a little straighter, mm-hmm. I'm going to go up to a race like that. Yeah. And I and, and I had to use that as a tool to get over my own nerves showing up to a race feeling like I'm other. I don't belong here. I didn't run track. I don't know I don't I don't run a 5 minute mile, you know? And that was very intimidating even for someone who didn't have a dra- you know, I didn't have a drastic weight loss journey. I didn't mm-hmm. I was thankfully, you know, healthy in in this in, in this pursuit of sport. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are always ways that we can tell that story where we're less than. So for me that was that was how I snatched my power back being like, I'm showing up to this my way. Yeah. I started telling that story from my point of view and my tagline became sweat with swagger. Yep. What is your swagger? Is it no makeup and you're in sweats? Go for it, girl. Like I want to see more of you, you know? And I think that's the point is that it's, it, I, I used to say it's unapologetic, being unapologetically ourselves, but now I'm realizing we have nothing to apologize for. It's just being yourself. And I noticed yesterday, I was watching your stories and I noticed in sharing some of your followers, you can see that they're also rocking the jewelry that they're, I mean, they're sweating buckets, but they're, they, they've got their lipstick. And I just love that. Cause I was like, look at her giving this I hate that we even have to do this, but giving permission. It's like when we when we stand solidly in who we are, it gives other women permission to do the same. And I just, I'm so inspired by and wondered like, is that even an intentional thing or that's just something that has happened, like you said, totally organically. 
I mean, it did happen organically, but then it's then I was like, you know what it was? The day I stopped accepting free shoes, my life changed. So I was working with a lot of girls, you know, and they were like, they were they were kind of seeing this conversation bubble up, and I and it would, you know, I'd get a kit, and I would be like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. But then I'm like, how do I pay my rent? Because I can't give my landlord these free shoes. Shoes, yes. You no, know? so of course I was grateful. I mean, it was like there was there's such a period of time where you're like, oh people notice me a hundred percent any you know as an entrepreneur you're like oh I'll take that even if you know you're undervaluing yourself mm-hmm. and so there has to be that pivot point where you're like I appreciate this and I'm grateful but I'm but, also a yeah. value yes um and that is when I realized oh I am leading a conversation participating in a movement that is hasn't exactly been done before and yeah. we're doing our way. So yeah. let's go ahead and continue that and capitalize on that um, in ways that pe- make people feel included with dynamic momentum. And that thankfully, like a lot of those conversations happened organically on social media. And then I got my book deal. And so a lot of these things really happened organically, but you have to be smart and, and surgical about how you're having these conversations because not everything should be given away for free. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I was listening to the... Um, how I built this. Is it John Foley? Is that the founder? Yeah. 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 So I was listening to his, how I built this episode and in it, he mentions you and unless there's some other Robin that the audience went crazy (laughs) for. (laughs) Um, And it sounded to me like you had come on before they had really proven themselves as a company. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the company had been around a few years, Mm -hmm. um, but it's before I came on as the third instructor hired before the studio was even built. Wow. So um, it was definitely early days. And I, you know, I read about John Foley and I just had this movement in my spirit, like I'm supposed to work for this company. Mm. And I, um, it was a leap of faith. That was definitely not, it wasn't glossy yet. Um, and it was definitely like all hands on deck. Everybody does every job yep, yep. <laughs> to get things done. But, and the scrappiness is still in the DNA of the company. I think no matter how big we get, which makes me incredibly proud. And I, and I know it makes John incredibly proud, but yeah, it was definitely like, you had to see the vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Say that we were building the yellow brick road. We're still building the yellow brick road as we approach the Emerald City. <laughs> yeah. What what does it mean? So, Vice President of Fitness Programming, what does that mean for the work that you're doing? Are you giving sort of creative direction to all of the fitness or how how does that work? So, I work within our content department with our chief content officer. And I am kind of a bridge from the creative side to the, to, to the production side, to marketing, to product. And I keep an eye on all of our fitness programming and in co-creation with our executive producers who are award Emmy award-winning producers. And we have a whole team. I mean, it really is run much more like a TV network than it is mm-hmm. a studio. Um, you know, we produce over 20 hours of live programming a day. And what? that, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. That's it's um it's a monster it's a monster and so my my role of it is not just only in front of the camera as head instructor but also um you know leading and managing the team of instructors recruiting talent and as well of course uh, you know having those creative conversations of like what should inform our content what is peloton yoga peloton running mm-hmm. peloton mm-hmm. cycling Wow, that just blew my mind. Is there this is maybe the silliest question, but does all of that content live forever? Or do you sort of after a certain amount of time go, okay, these are the highest performing workouts. So we're going to keep these and then keep populating 
Does that am I does you that know, even make just sense? Like any other, just like any other media company, fresh content really does win. So we find yeah. that our users always are gravitating to the new stuff, which makes sense. Where we always want what's what the latest thing is. But we have a very robust library. I mean, it's, we're talking yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of classes of every ilk and music taste and instructor style. So we're you know that's all very purposeful. We want our members to feel like, how are you feeling today? Do you want fifteen? that or 30 minutes of this. (laughs) Yeah. That is also, so that is, that is super smart too, is that if you guys have never taken a class before, you could take a 10 minute class. You could take a 45 minute class. You could double up. It's, it's really wisely done because there are certain times, obviously where you're like, shoot, I only have half an hour. I only have 20 minutes. And you, I, I swear this sounds like I am doing an ad for this company and I promise you I am not. I'm just a massive fan. I literally sat in our all hands meeting on Monday. Our whole, our whole company gets together and we meet. And I was like, you guys, everyone needs to get the Peloton app. Like that, that is what my heart is lighting my heart on fire. Everyone needs to get it. Well, thank you. Because these are the good vibes that we, and we, we like, like, I love when I hear, when I hear somebody write to me, like I got to be. I felt like like a queen during nap time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, yes. you're stronger at the board meeting. You're stronger with your coworker. You're strong. You're strong. You're more patient with the checkout line at the checkout line of the supermarket. Yes. You know what I mean? Like these are all little moments, and that makes me so incredibly happy because it's act. It's really why we do it. Yeah. Oh, well, you're killing it, girl. You are absolutely <laughs> killing it. What does it look like as we look sort of to the future of? I hate to say like health and fitness because that sounds so silly, but even this concept is crazy if you're like living in middle America, maybe like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's this bike and it has a screen on it and it's in your home and it seems so nuts until you try it. And then you're like, oh, this is incredible. So what does it, what do you see coming down like in the next five years? How does what y'all are doing right now affect the way we are all experiencing health and community and fitness and inspiration in the future? I mean, I think even further democratization of wellness, right? So, you know, if, if, if you, if the bike, if if the bike doesn't work for your household or the tread doesn't work for your household, you can download something that is already in your pocket and move. Right. And I think, you know, even the fact that like, I was just told a fact the other day that we sell a bike in every state of the United States of America every single day. Like that blows my mind that somebody yeah. from Alaska can be riding with somebody from Iowa and like they might not ever cross paths, but the community, which is absolutely the linchpin of what what Peloton is built upon, um, is what keeps people coming back. So you ask somebody who's new to the fitness journey, oh, so they're saying, how do I do it? And it's like, well, when you know, when you see so and so on the leaderboard, and then you perhaps join our Facebook page, or you post about this thing, you know, or you tell your coworker, and then she says, "Oh yeah, I took Alec Toussaint's thirty-minute pop ride as well." Like that's that's a movement. It's yeah. A, no pun intended, but it's a movement. Yeah. Or a movement, and I think the lower the bar for entry in terms of widening the aperture of who's welcome, everyone, what's possible. Where's your mind going to go? Everything, you know? And I I feel really fortunate to be a voice in, in this company, but I think, I mean, we're just going to be, we're, we're going for over 100 million subscribers. Like we're, we plan to take over the world in the best way possible where people feel like I am shoulder to shoulder with people who are putting out good energy. Um, and that, uh, I can go to sleep at night knowing that like, that I've co- co-created that 
Yeah. So stinking powerful. I just, I want to take a quick moment to acknowledge you. I know I have been a follower of you for uh, like a half a minute compared to people who have followed you for years and appreciate your work. But as, as someone who spends my life trying to inspire and motivate women to have found someone that I can so easily access every single day that I mean, in two minutes, I'm smiling with you. I'm pumped up. I'm inspired. Like it is, it is, it is a profound game changer for me. And it's not the app. It's you. And so I, I want, I want to honor you with that today. And I hope you can receive that today. You have a very distinct and specific style that just speaks to my soul. I'm like, this is the exact vibe that I need at 5am when I'm out (laughs) in my garage working out before I got to get the kids up. So I I have to, I mean, I'm, thank you for saying that. That really means a lot. I mean, it's, it's really powerful when we see people like yourself holding space. You know what I mean? Like I think what you've done with your books and your, I mean, just all the ways that you access your community, our community is you're just like, I'm going to hold this space for you until t- you wake up again tomorrow and decide, all right, I'm going to try again. You know, yes. and that is, that's also what we're doing at Peloton. You know, it's like every little workout, every little time that you're chipping away at that limiting belief, it's like you've won. But, you know, we're, we're humans. we got to wake up the next day and then look for inspiration one more again and again and again. And that's, that's the beauty of um, that willpower muscle is that we, we get to continually strengthen it. Oh, Robin, we're all in love with you. If you guys, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. If you don't already follow Robin on Instagram, it's Robin NYC. You need to go get on that. If nothing else, that is going to light your heart on fire. If you don't have the Peloton app and you work out on a treadmill or you do yoga or you do weights, it is a, this sounds like an ad. I I swear it's not. They have a 14-day free trial. I know this because I did the 14-day free trial to see if I liked it. Um, but go, just go try it, dude. And and those of you who are listening to this, you're like, I'm not that. Like, I'm not the kind of person who does that. You know what? You don't know who you are until you try something and see if it works for you. Amen. Um, so, sis, thank you so much for your time. We are so grateful. Um, Man, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. I just feel like a super nerd and way grateful that I got to spend time with you today. So thank you for being on Rise and uh I'll see you I'll see you on the tread tomorrow morning. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me.